1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: I'm James Rapine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Great to be with you a little later than normal. It's all right, though. Happy post-Halloween Day. Hopefully you uh, you had a great day. Uh, on today's podcast, Jay Morrison of The Athletic coming up. He joined me earlier today on ESPN 1530. Plus, you're going to hear from Phil Sims. And uh, th- that's where we will uh, start today. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at James Erpine, at LockedOnBengals. Thank you so much, by the way. It's been a, a great week of... Uh, of listens, you guys are are stepping up, and uh, numbers are are still very good, even though it's a bye week. So keep that up. You guys are the best. Let's uh, let's start with something I heard um, earlier today, this morning, actually, on the Bengals Booth podcast with Dan Horde, Dave Lapham. They talked with Phil Simms, and it, it's uh, this is interesting because the perception to me of this Bengals team, you don't trust them. Like the majority of fans do not trust this Bengals organization, and I totally understand it. Same coach, same quarterback, same flaws in prime time. Same flaws can't beat the Steelers. Uh, injury bug. Clearly, we're we're a young team as well. So it's just a, a mixture of. Eh, I don't know if I'm going to buy in at five and three, and I don't blame you for that. I don't even. If you heard me in the preseason, I wasn't really sure how to peg this team. Ultimately, I said nine and seven after watching training camp. Um, or no, it was even it was before training camp. Ultimately, I landed at nine and seven, but I went back and forth with that. So it would be interesting if that's where they end up. But speaking of perception, Dave Lapham asked Phil Sims about the perception of the organization nationally, not just locally, but nationally. Here's Phil.
0: Oh, I think there's just tons of question marks because of that. You know, the fact that the way they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, to lose a big lead to the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I just think, you know, you look – and, you know, we talk about it all the time. The show, You look like, hey, you know, the Bengals are 5-3. and three. And, of course, I work with two AFC North guys, Bill Cower and Boomer Esiason, right. who constantly talk about the division. So we, I, we keep up with it that way. But um, I, I think it's still you're, – you're still under the radar. And, you know, it's going to take a big victory or something to separate yourself before people um, – really get serious I guess is the best thing to say and you know and I gotta be honest talking to you and you and I talk occasionally that I look at the Bengals roster and I just go wow okay wow man you know even before the season I went yeah gosh dang they on paper it just looks like a knock-dead playoff team and then they show moments I go boy I think here it goes they're gonna roll And um, something derails it. And, you know, a lot of that to do now in the NFL, it is so much about matchups like I've never seen before. Yeah. And there's certain – it's like Boomer says it all the time. Well, the Bengals beat this team, and this team beats this team, and then the other team beats the Bengals. And, And I go, yeah, that reminds me of the NFC East when we were all pretty good teams and it was we couldn't beat Philadelphia. Washington could beat Philadelphia. We could beat Washington. And you know, that kind of thing. So and, and Washington couldn't beat us. So it's it is about matchups more than ever and style and I've never seen anything like it in the NFL on the offensive side what's going on. So the games you played, I wasn't shocked that Tampa Bay came back because look at their offense. Yeah. I mean look at the players. The yep. system is a is designed to hammer the ball down the field. And, you know, Fitzpatrick came in, took advantage of some things, and I I think that's what catches me again. I'll finish the answer with this. I just expect more from the Bengals defense than I've seen.
2: That's interesting, right, Phil Sims on the Bengals Booth podcast? I agree. Does anyone trust the Bengals right now? I wouldn't. I I don't think most people do. And uh, on a bye week like this, uh, you, you just hope that, one, they get healthy. Two, they make the necessary adjustments on offense and defense to have success. And if they do that, maybe they can find a way. I think they could beat Cleveland twice. I think they could beat Oakland. They could beat Denver. Now, you don't always win games you should, but those are the four you should win. You got to get one more. Got to get one more. You get to 10. I think you have a shot at the division with 10. I think you certainly have a shot at uh, a wild card, or you'll get a wild card if you get to 10 wins. Let's get one more from Phil Sims because the Bengals are on pace to allow the most yards. In NFL history, here's Phil on how he looks at defenses and if, if yards are as important as we make them out to be.
0: Yeah, you know, too, this yards thing, how we judge defenses, you know, I, I don't even look at a lot of stuff anymore. I, I, I do look at run defense, uh, and then I look to point scored a game. Yep. And, you know, I'll go to the master of all time, and that's Bill Belichick. You know, year in and year out, they, their defense is not ranking high. Because they have a formula. They're, they're going to play a lot of man-to-man. They're going to make you throw good passes to beat them. But when you get down inside, the closer you get to the goal line, they're incredible. They always have a plan to go against you. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, the other, that's the other thing. There's a, you know, I, I can't name them all off the top of my head. I'd sit and think about it. But I'd say there's about six teams in the league. They don't have a style of defense. Their defense is, okay, who we play this week, this is who we'll be. Mm-hmm and I call them game plan defenses and and it, it's really you know Baltimore's one of them you watch Baltimore every week it's a new plan what they're going to do over on the other side and and of course that's the patriots and you it makes you think okay how are they going to play us what are they going to do all these things and and it it works inside the red zone which is so important it it, it really is that and I'm still a big believer in run defense. Yep. If your run defense is pretty good, then you're gonna get yourself in some situations where, you know, Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins and other guys, you know, I, I gotta admit, little surprise as I looked at it, you know, last year you had the young guys on defense, Jordan Willis and Carl Lawson and, and then and then you draft Sam Hubbard. Mm. This, that was this year Sam Hubbard, right? right. He's a rookie. Yep. Yep. Well, you a, I thought, oh my gosh, they are going to destroy quarterbacks with this group, and it quite hasn't turned out that way. Even though the sacks are, it's it's good. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. I still, I think again, mate, Andy Dalton, until he wins the Super Bowl, nobody's ever going to like give him any love. That's for sure. And I, I, hey, you know me. The business drives me crazy. Things that people say. And and all that. Oh well, until he gets it done in the playoffs. Oh okay, yeah. It's, I forgot. Football is a one man game. That's right. Yes. So, but those are the way. That's what it is. And and but the Bengals are in a great spot. Week off, fix a few things, and we'll see where it goes.
2: Good stuff there from Phil Sims. He was on the Bengals Booth podcast with Dan Horr, Dave Lapham. That is a podcast I recommend. It comes out twice a week, and it's something I go out of my way and make sure I listen to. Uh, it, it to me. It's going to be interesting to see how Terrell Austin figures it out. Because he said it earlier this week. You'll hear it from Jay Morrison coming up in a few minutes. The 2015 Lions were like this. They were getting shredded first eight games of the year, and then they came back and rebounded the next eight games, and they were really good. I don't know if that's the case. I don't. Uh, But but it, it will be interesting to see if they can flip it at least a little and just be okay. Ultimately, I just think if you can force more turnovers, that makes you okay. I mean, they have four t- touchdowns that lead the NFL. They forced a bunch of turnovers compared to last year. So to me, if I'm the Bengals, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. You're going to give up yards. Yards are fine. Force turnovers. Force the-, the issue there. Get touchdowns. Get points. Set up your offense for success. I think that's how you win in today's NFL defensively. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. You're going to hear from Jay Morrison of The Athletic. In just a minute, real quick though, yesterday in the NBA, and I'm watching highlights in the studio right now, Derrick Rose goes off for 50. Yes, the same Derrick Rose that was the 2011 MVP. The same Derrick Rose that tore his ACL, that had a torn meniscus, that has bounced around to the Knicks and the Cavaliers and got cut last year and is now with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He scored 50 points. And the reason I bring this up is because I think it is such a, a potential motivator for a guy like Tyler Eifert. It is hard to rehab from injury. Do you ever broken something? Imagine everything Eifert's gone through every single day of rehab because he's not just trying to rehab to get back to normal where he can help his friend move and do a day-to-day activity. He's trying to rehab and get himself back to where he was to play professional football. And a lot goes into that. And I think when you're Eifert and you've had the injuries and, and you've been a proven NFL star when you're healthy, the fact that you see the former MVP of the NBA seven years later set a career high in points, it's got to be a little motivating, right? I think so. When he's going through rehab and there's a day when he just doesn't want, you know, he's not as dialed in. He thinks about it like, man, Rose did that. And Rose has had a pretty good year so far, averaging 14 a game. So that's really awesome. And he said his goal is to be six men of the year. I wouldn't say it's out of the question. So uh, hopefully Tyler Eifert uses that as motivation. And uh, can you know, I'm not saying that that's what's going to be bulletin board material for Eifert, but seeing that stuff, I think it helps at least a little bit. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast up next Jay Morrison of the athletic. But first a word from the official brewery of the Locked on Bengals podcast with the Bengals coming off of a close win. Now they're at the halfway mark of the season. If you don't have tickets to to next week's game against New Orleans or the week after that, obviously they play in Baltimore. Weedman Brewery is the place to watch all of the games down the stretch. Their official brewery of the Locked On Bengals podcast, and they offer game time specials every week. It's a great atmosphere. Seven huge big screen TVs, fifty tasty, uh, fifteen excuse me beers on tap, all brewed on site. Plus, if you're not in the mirror, uh, mood for a beer. They got liquor that you can uh, you can drink there too. Which how many breweries can say that? Whatever your preference is, though, beer wise, IPA, stouts, German style lagers, fruit beers, pale ales, Wiedemann's has it. Try the new blood orange blonde while it lasts. I'm gonna go there and try one soon. I haven't been able to try it yet, so I, I can't wait. In the- in the kitchen, they put out great great food. Burgers get um, get their double burger, I- and I-, I forget the name of it. I've had it three times. Um, off the top of my head, but they have great burgers, sandwiches, appetizers, and more. They also have the best wings in town. Um, I get their, it's a double cheeseburger, and it comes with double meat. It comes with double, ba- I mean, it's great. you, you got to try it, and, and it's very affordable and such a fun place to go. Starting tonight, the Wiedemann Music Stage will come alive for a rousing weekend of song and music. Things kick off tonight, Thursday, at 7 p.m. with Velvet Crush Unplugged, a three-piece acoustic band... That puts a unique spin on a variety of popular songs, classic, indie rock, etc. Jamie Francis returns to the taproom on Friday night. He's got bluegrass vibe, and Saturday night swings into high gear. Wiedemann's inaugural appearance of Slick Willie and the Kentucky Jellies. So go there, enjoy the music, get uh, the awesome beer that they have, have a burger, have some wings, and don't forget, next weekend, Saturday, November 10th, is the Wiedemann Beer Boxing Championship, brought to you by the Punch House Boxing Fitness Club, great craft beers, live amateur boxing. You can't get anything better than that. Tickets are available now at the brewery, at the Punch House, or online at tickets.com. So stop down and drink up some fine craft beer from Wiedemann, the official brewery of the Locked On Bengals podcast, and check out all of their special offers and happy hour deals every week on Facebook and Weedman'sFineBeer.com. I hope to see you there.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals Podcast. It's great to be with you on a Thursday. Keep those voicemails coming. We will certainly get to them. I ser- uh, I hope you had a, a happy Halloween. We'll get to them hopefully on Monday. I I hope that that is the time we'll be able to dive in and and react to all of your voicemails that uh, you've left on the Locked On Bengals hotline. I was joined by Jay Morrison of The Athletic earlier today on ESPN 1530. He covers the Bengals. He's Joe Goodberry's counterpart of sorts, and uh, I chatted with him about all things Bengals. Is it fair to say that fans are are looking at this team and either not buying in, not, not convinced that they are a... A playoff contender or a good team or just kinda of leery of buying in because of who the head coach is?
3: Uh yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I just I, I think people see the the results on the defensive side and they think, you know, as much as the NFL has evolved into this past crazy yardage I mean, it's just exploding. I, I think people still kind of have that in the back of their mind that defense is what's going to win championships, especially in the North when the weather starts turning and, and you look at what this this defense has been. Um, it, it's just kind of hard to, to think of, of this team really doing anything special unless they can get that turned around. Uh, but yeah, there's there's still the lingering hard feelings from bringing Marvin back after back to back losing seasons. Um, I just, I think they've got a, a really tough job to, to sell the, the fans that, that this is a, not just a, a good team, but a team that's worth following.
2: Jay Morrison of The Athletic is with us. Obviously, Marvin Lewis, a d- defensive coach. Do you think he starts to chime in a little bit more in that room, or, or maybe he has more input than I realize?
3: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it, with, with um, Austin being a first-year guy here, you you would think that Marvin would be involved somewhat, but but maybe he wants to be hands-off and just let let Terrell get this figured out. Um, You know, Terrell brought up on, on Monday where he was in a similar situation in 2015. The lions were one of the worst defenses. It was his second year as coordinator. They were one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, Their bye came in week nine and they completely turned things around. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities this, this defense, there's too much talent on that side of the ball for them to be performing this way. I I think they use the bye week to to get some corrections in place. Um, I think, Eventually, his system starts sticking with these guys. I still think we're seeing a lot of confusion and miscommunication that's causing a lot of the problems. And, and you would you would assume that's only going to get better as the year goes on.
2: Jay Morrison of the Athletic is with us. Hugh Jackson is he returning to Cincinnati? <laughs>
3: that's the million dollar question. That's isn't right.
2: <laughs> it? um, it's I
3: I don't know. I don't. It, you wonder if you want to bring a guy straight out of one power struggle and, and maybe create one here. I I, I don't know. How I, I can't imagine Bill Lazor would be thrilled if they brought Hugh in. Um, it, it. I think he's kind of beyond what they did back in 2012. You know, he kind of got the raw deal in Oakland. Just eight and eight one year gets fired. They bring him in as a as a, se- a special teams and a secondary assistant. I don't think he's going to come in in any kind of a small role like that. Um, I think you know the value he would have would be the information he could provide, um, the intel on the Browns and. He doesn't have to be on staff to do that. Him and Marvin talk all the time. Uh, he, he can give Marvin that information over the phone through email. He doesn't have to work 12-hour days in Paul Brown Stadium. So I, I could see it going either way, um, but, but I do think that, that he will be helping the Bengals out in some regard, uh, especially for those Cleveland games.
2: Jay, if, if you were in Hugh Jackson's position, and I think he's paid through next season, would you would you take a, a job in the NFL or would you go drink a mimosa on a beach?
3: Well, I think I would drink a mimosa on a beach. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: I'm just shocked that he, you know, that, that's what I would do if I was him. And instead, tomorrow, he's going on first take.
3: Yeah, but, you know, coaching, it's in this, these guys' blood. They don't do it for the money. They do it because they love it. And, uh, you know, the, it, you always wonder, I mean, for some coaches, they take that time away. And it it, it just kind of... that their career just kind of goes away. They decide, hey, I do like this. And hugh has got that personality. He's got that, that magnetism where this appearance on first take could be the step in a new career. I mean, I think he would be great on TV. I don't know if that's <laughs> what he wants to do, but I, I do think he would be really good in, in, that, in that role. So, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that goes tomorrow when, when he's on there.
2: Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. Jay Morrison of The Athletic is with us. This team, obviously, it's been ravaged by injuries. Uh, Were you surprised, not surprised at all, that they didn't make a move at the deadline?
3: Um, It's really hard to tell because just looking at it on the surface, yeah, maybe I'm surprised that they didn't make a move, but you don't know what those phone calls are like. I mean, when you've got got glaring needs like that, then teams know that, and they're going to leverage that against you, and they're going to ask for more than maybe a guy's worth. So without knowing what was offered, what kind of phone calls, uh, they were getting from teams. It, it, it's really kind of hard to say whether they did the right thing or not. Um, you know, looking at linebacker, maybe maybe they expect Nick Vigil to be back sooner rather than later. And, and Bontez's—I don't think his hip injury is is that serious. Now it's a matter of if he can, even if he's healthy, if he can play the way he used to. And then tight end—they, I mean, the offense did all right this past week, and the, those guys, Matt Langell and, and Jordan Franks, are only going to get more comfortable with the offense as, as they. Practice more and get more involved. So I, I don't. It didn't shock me that they didn't make a move, especially because that's kind of been the mo of this team throughout history. But you, without knowing what kind of offers were coming their way, it's really kind of hard to criticize them for standing pat.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just I, I think it's it's one of those things where the the perception well leads fans and us us being mo and i and everyone here uh in the radio industry to to say man that they missed on an opportunity you know just because it's always been that way i mean last week i know mo asked you well, the last time they made an in-season trade for an active player was 85 i believe you said
3: yeah dan ross
2: that is i mean, i wasn't alive jay <laughs> you know i mean it's just
3: i was a senior in high school so you just made me feel old
2: yeah well it's just it's it's crazy to to think of it from that aspect that's all he's uh he's jay morrison uh of the athletic and last uh last thing for you um they they come out uh, of the bye they have new orleans then they go to baltimore i wouldn't be shocked if this team is five and five they need to get healthy in a quick uh healthy quick i think and somehow find a way to get one of two. If they can get one of two, I think it sets them themselves up well to to get to nine or 10 wins.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they were if they win both these games. I mean, getting New Orleans at home is going to be a big deal. I I don't think that's a team that plays particularly well outdoors, especially if we don't know what the weather's going to be like in 10 days. Um and they they just they kind of what, what Pittsburgh is to the Bengals, the Bengals have kind of been to Baltimore. Not to that extreme, but they, they've really owned Baltimore of late, and they've already got one win against them this year. But, so. So, yeah, I, I could see it either way. I could see them being 7-3 or 5-5, and but you're right. If they can get one of the two, it really sets them up nicely with, with some winnable games coming up against Denver, Oakland, and Cleveland.
2: Jay, what can our listeners find on The Athletic? Oh, we
3: got all kinds of stuff up there. We've got the, um, my second glance that I do every week. I go back and I watch the game and uh, kind of look for things that you miss from covering it in the, uh, in the press box, and I've kind of fallen in love with making screen caps from funny things I see on the broadcast. Uh, we also, all of the NFL writers uh, just submitted our picks for um, mid-season MVP, rookie of the year, or rookie offensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, uh, coach of the year, all those kind of things. Uh, those are up there. And uh, just uh, a really good read from our college writer, Bruce Feldman, uh, did an oral history on the uh, Baker-Mayfield-Patrick-Mahomes college game about two years ago, Texas Tech and Oklahoma. <laughs> those, those two match up again on the NFL stage this week in Cleveland and with uh, Kansas City playing Cleveland. It's a really good read and some stuff in there that I got from Joe Mixon uh, about that game.
2: Yeah, I read that, and here's the thing, it's – it's like Pat Mahomes is, is coming fully loaded with all these weapons and Baker Mayfield gets a squirt gun. <laughs> you know, I'm mean, i I'm not, I'm not saying that the, he's not capable, but, you know, Pat Mahomes has all these weapons on the field, and then on the other side it's the Browns with no, no offensive coordinator now, uh, a new head coach, a uh, new offensive coordinator, I should say, and, and just who knows what he has to work with. So hopefully the, it, that matchup is better than it looks on paper.
3: Hey, every time a coach... Or a team fires its coach. You, you, if you're a betting persuasion, you always take the the, the team that just fired a coach because they they just always seem to everybody's playing for jobs. There's a little more juice in the in the room that week. Uh, don't be surprised if Cleveland pulls off a shocker this weekend. Whoa!
2: How about that? That that's a hot take two hours early. Usually I give the hot <laughs> takes, Jay. <laughs> I appreciate the time. I one in. Yeah, I, I like it. Don't be surprised if Cleveland wins. Have a good weekend, man.
3: All right.
0: Thanks, Jay.
2: Good stuff there from Jay Morrison of The Athletic. You can subscribe to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals if you want to get uh, a deal there on a subscription and read Jay's work, read Joe Goodberry's work, and so much more. That's going to do it for me. A quick reminder, subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. I'll be back at it on Monday. No post-game podcast. A little weird. A little weird. Maybe I'll post it on Sunday anyway just to uh just to keep up with tradition. It's weird. No no uh, no Sunday game. It's our our la- hopefully and Dan Hort says this. Hopefully this is the last Bengals non-weekend with a Bengals game until February. Until until mid-February. How fun would that be? Have a great weekend. I hope to see you at Wiedemann's, and until next time. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast.